0: Hello and welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, and today we are blessed to have on our show, John Frankman, former captain in the US Army, a Green Beret, speaking out about his experience refusing the COVID-19 shot and the aftermath that followed. Well, John, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I'd first like to say, you know, thank you for your, what I always like to say is your past, present, and future service to our country, because I know your, your service isn't ending just because you're leaving the military, so I wanted to say thank you first off.
1: Yep, no problem at all.
0: So John, give us a little bit about your background before we jump into your story.
1: Sure. So uh, parents split up, and I was raised more or less uh, generally Protestant Christian, ended up becoming Catholic when I was 15. Um, then when I ended up graduating high school, went to college, went to Wheaton College, and after that and I did ROTC in that time, so commissioned in the Army, uh, but thought I might be being called to the priesthood. So I went to seminary for four years uh, for the Catholic priesthood, ended up discerning out after that time. And after I discerned out, I ended up going into the Army on active duty as an infantry officer. And then after that, I uh, went to special forces assessment and selection, went through the special forces qualification course, airborne school, uh, ranger school, and uh, SEER and, and all that jazz. So. Um, ended up becoming a Special Forces Green Beret, and that's what kind of led me to um, everything that's happening now. Yeah.
0: So everything that's happening now is centered around your decision not to get the COVID vaccine. Or sorry, not vaccine. I'm gonna call it a jab. Uh, but right. uh, so so tell me, what were your reasons for doing that?
1: Sure. So the first and foremost reason is that I'm a Catholic. My faith is in, is in Jesus Christ, and we're not supposed to partake in, in murder and abortion is wrong. And every single one of these jobs was created either through testing or actually creation of using aborted fetal cells. And that's human embryo kidney 273. That implies that there were maybe 200 attempts happening before that. That implies that it's embryo kidney. So the fetus, the baby had to be developed to a certain amount of weeks before that baby was murdered, kept alive in order to extract that body part. And I just didn't think that A disease that i have over 99.99 percent chance of surviving merits me being involved in the sin of murder in the sin of the theft of the baby's body parts and you know whenever a service member dies overseas we do everything we can to try to recover that service member's body because we see the body as something sacred and similarly we need to be doing the same thing for the unborn in respecting their bodies and not using either their remains or the products of their remains in any kind of drug testing, especially that's mandatory.
0: Uh, so your your path to an accommodation went down the religious accommodation path as opposed to a medical.
1: Right, well, they didn't actually allow medical and the whole mm-hmm. thing, the whole program and all the policies were designed in order to force and coerce people to get the shot. So mm-hmm. before the shot was mandatory was when I received the most pressure. During that time, units were trying to make a readiness issue to get as many jabbed as possible. And a lot of harassment happened around that, but also uh, actual tangible effects on your career. So I told my team as a team leader that I would neither punish or reward them whether they got the shot. So 10 of 12 of my men decided not to get it until it was mandatory. Because of that, we ended up losing out on different uh, – we lost the deployment. They they took a, a trip from us. And if you're a Special Forces Green Beret, that's why you go through that training. That's right. Medically – you're supposed to, if you can show that you've already been immunized, if you've already contracted the disease, if you can test possible antibodies. Yep. Right, yeah. I, and I went to LabCorp a couple times to test for it. A number of my men did as well. And typically, the DOD, they went against their own policy because they were not accepting medical exemptions. And they basically ignored my religious exemption for over a year. Never answered it. Mm.
0: So so how did your team initially respond to that? You said 10 out of 12 didn't actually get the vaccine. So oh, sorry. And I keep saying vaccine and I'm I'm upset with myself. It's the jab. Exactly. Um, So 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 tell me about that. You must have done a good job of convincing them. Or was it did they did they buy your explanation around the religious accommodation or what were their thoughts
1: around that? Right. Everybody had their own reasons for it. And initially, everybody was just nervous because we knew it was emergency use authorized. And you cannot you can't force a person. You can't order someone to take an emergency use authorized drug. And guys were worried that if they got injured or affected by this experimental shot, that they wouldn't have recourse because the drug company, they have zero liability. They have the sickest deal in the world. They can force the government to pay for these shots, this this medicine, whatever it is, um, and that they don't have any liability for any side effects. So just rush it through testing. Um, So they were concerned about that. I just told them that as their senior raider, I would neither punish or reward them for it. But I personally didn't want to get it. And it was really every individual. It wasn't something that we all went in on as, as a team doing. It's individual men making the best decision for themselves. They eventually got it when the shot was mandatory. Mm-hmm. But they at least held out until that mandate came came across.
0: Until the mandate came. Yeah, I mean, it's a testament to your leadership, right? You know, 10 out of 12 said no. Was it like that throughout the Army in different areas of the Army? Or was, you, or was your division pretty unique because of your leadership?
1: Well, I would – I don't know if it's just my leadership. I think I just had some smart guys. Um, and God's good. But, uh yeah, it, it was so unique. And because they were making it requirement for deployments, because they were putting so much pressure, I think 95, 97 some percent of the military had already gotten the shot before it was mandatory. And what needs more coverage is the type of coercion tactics that were used against service members to illegally yes. push them to receive this experimental shot. this shot that has really wounded and hurt a number, a large number of them that we're not really getting clarity and transparency about.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to touch base on the uh, military uh, readiness a little bit later in the interview, uh, because I think you got a lot to to say on that subject. But you also talked a little bit about the punishment that you received for not taking uh, the the shot. Tell me a little bit about that. So is it um, intimidation or there was actual repercussions? Tell me what, what that looked like for you.
1: So the tangible repercussions that I experienced was, one, the first joint combined exchange training or the first six-week deployment I was supposed to go on as a team leader, that got taken from my team. So we were doing military free-fall training, jumping out of planes out in Arizona, uh, yet we were not allowed to deploy because my team was 10 and 12 unvaccinated. So they're willing to accept the risk of sending us out at planes at night from 14,000 feet with oxygen and equipment, but not to send us into a country that doesn't have a COVID shop requirement. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Then after the mandate came out, I was taken off my team. So my team time got cut short. And you go through two years of training so that you can get a deployment. So that I wasn't able to then deploy, to move, to travel. And ironically, another uh, thing that happened to me is that I was supposed to get a philosophy degree and teach philosophy and ethics. So ironically, ethics at West Point. But because my exemption was pending, I wasn't allowed to uh, PCS or move. Yeah,
0: so, so they stopped you and your team from serving your country the way that you were trained to do. And then on top of that, they they stopped you or prevented you from getting a promotion or or a career path that you wanted to go down.
1: Yes, and after the mandate was rescinded, I couldn't recover that. My year group, as an officer, you only have, you have a certain timeline. So that's the punishment I received. There's other enlisted in individuals that they might've had more coercive tactics. I know at one unit, there was a battalion commander who uh, he rewarded those who were vaccinated with the day off. And with those who weren't vaccinated, he made them do grueling PT. I mean, completely <laughs> illegal. Um, but, and and there, there are testing policies as well for the unvaccinated. You had to wear a mask and others didn't. So it was just extremely designed in order to, to coerce you, not so much because they actually cared about health or readiness, but because they can, cared about conformity and conforming us to a certain type of ideology. Yeah,
0: and I know you, you believe strongly that God had different plans for you. So you're, you're taking this in stride and, and looking to the future, but I can imagine there's a lot of people that didn't feel the same that you did based on what the military did for them after they volunteered to serve. Uh, this is the treatment they got.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've had leaders who've told me, hey, you're a great guy. It's unfortunate the time that happened for you. And I have to say, you know, it was in God's will. And I don't right. know what other team right. leaders would have necessarily acted in the same way. Oh. So anything that I did in standing up for the truth, um, on my exit interview, I was asked, do you believe in selfless leadership? Because they were trying to say that what I did wasn't selfless. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there's nothing more important I can do other than trying to conform myself to the will of God as I, as I see, it, as I pray about it. And I just don't think that we can justify from the religious point of view, the medical point of view, legally. I mean, this order was illegal. There still is no FDA approved drug available for anyone. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that.
0: I know, I know it's, in, and it's it's odd that people don't get it, but you're absolutely right. And it's amazing to hear your story on that. Tell me, um, do you think that Congress should have acted quicker to rescind the, the COVID vaccine requirement?
1: They absolutely should have. I tried to warn uh, my congressional leaders, my senators um, about what was going on early on before the mandate mm-hmm. came out because I was seeing the pressure that was happening spring of 2021. Um, and when the recension didn't go far enough either, all the recension did is it kind of tore that piece of paper up that Lloyd Austin signed to make Mm -hmm. the original order, but there's nothing that's stopping from stopping him from making another order. There's nothing that's bringing those service members back into the fold that were kicked out. There's nothing that's repairing the damage done to my career for simply following my conscience and actually following the law. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done and it should have been done much, much sooner.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree right, with you. Right. And I know a lot of people also feel the same. Uh, so I want to now touch back and go back into the, the military preparedness, right? So from what I understand, uh, the, the recruiting goals across the branches of of, of the military is about 25% down than where it needs to be. And I know a lot of people attribute that to the, the woke nature of the military right now. And, and I, I have no doubt that that's playing a role. <clears throat> But I have to believe that the way that you and others were treated around COVID shots uh, has to play a role in that. So what tell me what you think, how that plays a role in it and what the state of, of military readiness is right now.
1: So that's a great question. And it really frustrates me, too, that a lot of people are getting on to Senator Tuberville's case and saying that him holding up certain promotions is hurting readiness. They didn't care about readiness when they put this vaccine mandate out, this jab mandate. And what readiness, the effects of it were, one, we kicked out 8,500 members, service members from the military. So that hurt readiness. We also have a number of people such as myself who are choosing to leave, people who are choosing to retire early. A lot of special operations guys, they'll stick it out and they'll tough out those difficult medical issues, but they're choosing to medically retire sooner. We're down in recruiting as well. We also have an unknown number of service members who have been injured from this shot. I've had a number of individuals come up to me tell me about their compromised immunity, other side effects that they're having. We're having weird cases of people having heart attacks or myocarditis, um, and that just needs to be investigated. But beyond that, yeah, the recruiting issue, retention issues, uh, the hurt morale. And a lot of people who were in my position are really hesitant to tell individuals to continue and to enlist i think if god wants you to definitely do it but be very weary to not trample your conscience and to to follow whatever moral standard you have
0: yeah i mean i i could only imagine i, I know you, you know a lot of people in the military that good people that have taken the shot and they're still there um, but i have to imagine there's a lot of people like you in leadership positions that stood up for their principles, stood up for what was right, and they were punished for it. And now you're dejected and you kind of turn away from the military. I know you are always support the military in our country. I'm not implying that. But you're leaving the military when someone like you, we could really use at a time like today, uh, lead having leadership positions in the military. So uh, I think this is a big impact that people just aren't paying enough attention to right now.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think the public really needs to understand that this order, it was illegal. It was immoral, and it's medically unsafe, and it absolutely destroyed readiness. Yeah. And if the public isn't aware of it, if because the public needs to be aware of it to make Congress act, they only really will act if it's in their interest. If there's enough kind of buzz around it, so we really need to get that buzz out there. Um, but more so than that, I mean, in addition, we need military leaders. Every individual needs to always do the right thing. Doesn't matter what the consequences are, and that just takes some intestinal fortitude. That takes. Mm-hmm in my understanding, my belief is a real relationship with Jesus Christ, a real understanding of, you know, what, where are you going after this life and trying to conform yourself to that in order to live to that higher standard. We're not living for this world. We're living for the next.
0: Yeah. Amen to that, John, for sure. So what, what can we do to help support the work that you're doing, help support the military to kind of get that back on track? Is there anything we can do?
1: Yeah, everyone, whatever you're doing, just do more. Um, So that means being aware of what's happening, passing the word on. Um, I have some social media platforms I'm trying to get this word out. I would say before you follow me, follow Jesus Christ. After that, if you still want to find me, you can find me at Johnny Franks. But right now we're really trying to um, push congressional hearings, congressional investigations, changing the amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act. So staying on top of your congressman. Um, and if you go to my Twitter profile, there's uh, different uh, signups and things like that. So we're trying to collect signatures and, and just trying to raise that awareness. So other than just being a very involved citizen, but more so um, trying to be a part of the church militant, I mean, that's really the best thing that you can do to try to try to turn this country around.
0: Uh, agreed. Well, John, I, I want to thank you again for your courage, but your courage is standing up for God and what's pleasing to God. You stood up for the truth and you're, you're an inspiration to everyone. And so I really want to thank you for what you've done and what you continue to do for our country.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the work you guys are doing as well.
0: All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting Conservative Media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slam. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's first right, all caps, one word to 30161.